This is the Instant Speed Podcast, episode number 41, brought to you by Kayfabe Cards. Kayfabe Cards is the place to go for flesh and blood and all your other trading card needs. Get all the tools you need to navigate the world of Wraith. Ship directly to your door. Go to www.kfabecards.com. That's www.k-a-y-f-a-b-e-c-a-r-d-s.com. Our guest today is Matt Rogers. But before we get to Mr. Matt Rogers, we've got the facts for you. And we're going to start with the new armory kits were uh, basically showed to the world, and the new armory kits are going to feature two new playmats. That would be the Uprising playmat, which not so new, but the Rake the Embers playmat looks really nice. We also have the Cold Foil Storm of Sandikai is the next one, the next beautiful weapon that you can score in Cold Foil, as well as Extended Art Red Hot promos, which will be given out to all kinds of wonderful people. Now, the skirmish season is happening, and that begins on July 30th through the 21st. The modes will be Blitz or Sealed. So choose your poison. I know a lot of people are loving Sealed, but uh, Blitz is kind of... You know, uh, it's an acquired taste, we'll say. And uh, I want to invite everyone out there who is not already part of the Instant Speed Podcast Discord. There's all kinds of great things going on in there, including wellness challenge, some support, games, a tournament that we have running constantly, as well as all kinds of just great community moments. And thank you again to all our Patreon members. As always, it is so vital to uh, to have your support in any which way. But for our Patreon members who put their money where their mouth is, thank you guys very much. It helps us so much to keep the lights on. And when I say keep the lights on, that means things like paying for server space, things like paying for all the other expenses associated with production value, uh, editing, things like that. That does get a lot of boost from our patrons. So as little as a dollar a month, you can give me a pat on the back and say, Flake, we like what you do. Thank you so much. Our guest, like I said, for episode number 41 is Matt Rogers. He's got some news, some leaks, some spoilers, all kinds of great stuff as well as some meta chat. Let's catch up with Matt. So TCG players sent me one of these bundles that we were talking about over several weeks. This is the uh, LSS TCG Uprising bundle, which gets some cool stuff. So I just wanted to pop it open and see what you get in it so that you guys can also see maybe this tickles your fancy or maybe it doesn't. So what do we get? Well, we get this bad boy, which is a wonderful collector bundle kind of little bit of a checklist like what does it include that's pretty rad and how about this this is a card checklist for the entire set you get everything what it comes with does it come in cold foil extended art etc 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 no surprises what else is in here exclusive promo card awaits because that was part of it as well we'll talk about that and then in the box which you can see is kind of packed Almost like real dragon eggs were in here. Um, never had one. Here they're delicious. Two boxes of Uprising, which we're gonna be busting open another day. But how about everything else? This is the fun part. We have the Dracona Optimize sleeves. Those are the dragon shields as well. We have the Tomaltai dragon shields as well. Beautiful, beautiful. Love the art on those. And finally, bam, Dominia. Another wonderful dragon fitting for Dragon Shield. So that would be it if this tickles your fancy or if anything uh, from TCG Player, be it singles or sealed product, tickles your fancy. You can use some of the 
uh, links below to go ahead and support the podcast because that's what it does by clicking those links and making purchases you're helping us out over here keeping the lights on and such so thank you so much for watching as always and again if you want some of these bundles or anything from tcg player use the links below as always be kind the Instant Speed Podcast is so enthused to welcome back one of the true legends of the game. He is a multiple major tournament winner, the driving force behind so many card game initiatives and companies such as PCG, which we'll talk about, actually. And trust me, there's so much more. But welcome back to the show, Matt Rogers. Hey, Matt. Hey, Flake. How you doing, mate? Thanks so much for inviting me back on. I think, uh, yeah, we're going to have some fun. We are going to have some fun. Now, I, this was supposed to be done last week, but there was a lot of extra sort of sprinkles that were thrown your way regarding everything that you're doing. And I'm glad that we did, in fact, wait. There's no big deal. But the first thing I want to get to is uh, your entrance into the Two Timers Club uh, alongside such legends as Hayden Dale and uh, Tan and Gr Oh, I say legend. I mean, Ted. Yeah. Hayden Dale, the legend, and Hayden then Dale. Ten, yeah, 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 and Tan and Grace somehow snuck his uh, foot in the door. Still, it is great to have you here, my friend. First of all, there is no blazer that goes along with being in the Two Timers Club, even though you did wear one of mine one time. Do I long... get a pin though? A this pin? pin? Blazer, right? You mean this pin <laughs> yes. that I had ready to go? <laughs> <laughs> so this is. I don't think I'm allowed to wear that pin, am I? I, I, Tarek, I got in a lot of trouble last time. No, for one of them anyway. So yeah, Tar Tarek did give you a little bit of heck uh, because the pin that I initially gave you to wear on the broadcast at Pro Tour in New Jersey was an, actually a Montreal Canadiens pin, which is this. See this logo here? That's my hockey team. That's the yeah. Montreal Canadiens. They are my all-time favorite hockey team, which are essentially like the arch rivals of Tarek's hockey team, which are the Toronto Maple Leafs. Montreal and Toronto have a legendary rivalry. Uh, so he, <laughs> I, can, I can see why he wanted to just kind of rip it off your lapel at the time. So I gave you this one instead, which I think okay. is good. Um, yeah, that, the, the, the first one, he literally did rip it off. Like, um, I mean, I, I, uh, I finished up in the booth with you. I went outside to have a chat to Tarek, see how I was doing at the call-in, and straight away, he, like, grabbed my jacket, like, aggressively and undid the pin. I was like, what's going on? He's like, no, you're not wearing that. Yeah, <laughs> he is definitely, um, I mean, I feel bad for him because his, his poor hockey team has been has lost a game seven of the first round of the playoffs. I think like two or three, possibly four consecutive years. Uh, nonetheless, it's fine. It's okay because we're well past that. <laughs> this pin uh, will forever be yours whenever you need it. And, and uh, it's going to travel with me to Lil. But uh, more importantly, there are so many big things. Like I said, this is a jam-packed episode, Matt Rogers. We're going to get to all kinds of things like the meta, like RTN season, etc., but the big news that you definitely have some involvement with is sort of the acquisition of Channel Fireball by TCG Player and you having um, been essentially the, the, the catalyst for PCG, Premier Card Grading. It, it is explained to us the, what it used to be, what the relationship of PCG used to be to CFB, if possible, just to sort of create a foundation so people understand a little bit about what the changes will be now that TCG player owns Channel Fireball. Yeah, yeah. So I would I wouldn't say that I that I have anything to do with this sort of acquisition or or have any knowledge of it or anything there. To be honest, I found out about the same time that the community did. Um, but uh, in terms of my involvement with Channel Fireball, uh, Premier Card Grading licenses uh, PCG 
are, are, are two PCG USA two channel fireball or were doing so in the past. Um, so with the acquisition between TCG player uh, and channel fireball and everything that's happened there, um, it was negotiated that uh, TCG player would not be taking uh, premier card grading. So premier card grading is going to be separate. Uh, they're taking the channel fireball brands uh, and the channel fireball brand is going to be taken off PCG um, and uh, and it's going to be uh, yeah basically completely separate of TCG player then they're not going to be taking the um, the premier card grading license uh, so that's going to stay in the US uh, mostly with the same people that are running it right now um, in terms of the staff and everything we're going to have uh, you know plenty of involvement uh, and I think that the future is going to be really really bright there it sounds like it and again at the same time where you you may feel like you've been left behind where tcg player is acquiring channel fireball and says nah we're good we don't need you but it's not necessarily that i mean at a certain point there's this is also um an opportunity at the same time where you can kind of branch out on your own where was pcg gunning to kind of go on their own or were they or was this uh sort of a surprise but also an opportunity at the same time uh yeah i think it's both like we 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 did not want uh tcg player to acquire this um uh ideally we want to maintain a bit of control over pcg from here office in new zealand uh and help and assist with it and that is what we have been doing that's been the relationship with channel fireball is it has been you know we've done this together the whole time uh you know we've we've had a lot of involvement uh in everything from the day to day i mean my, my business partner rob is on meetings with them three times a week it is a uh with the staff there we're constantly traveling over there oversee a lot of the staff stuff like there is you know a, a, absolute integration there so um all of the staff are, are staying it's all gonna um yeah it's all gonna be a lot of the same people um and it's just gonna be that the channel fireball branding is removed there so where is pcg headed and and we've seen presence of pcg at various different callings uh, they were there at the uprising premiere event as well a uh, quick turnaround on on card grading and such. This is something that I've really wanted to get into. If I could only open a fable, seriously, Matt, <laughs> if I could only open a fable, I'm 30 boxes deep into Flesh and Blood. I have not opened a fable yet still. Uh, I, I have things that I want to have graded, but they're, they're Star Wars cards. <laughs> so I'm kind of just <laughs> waiting for you to give me the green light on those. But where is PCG yeah. headed? What is, what's sort of on the radar for, um, I guess, the rest of 2022 and beyond? A lot, a lot. So I'm, I'm really excited about where PCG is headed. I think that we're, um, yeah, we're really stepping up. We're, we're growing so fast and really stepping up into into some really cool things that uh, people won't have seen from grading companies over the last 20 years. You know, like we're, um, yeah, there's there's uh, stepping into the future here. So um, our, our Malaysia office opens next week. Um, we're rolling out a number of initiatives, uh, including a few things I'll talk to you about here. We'll give we'll give give you. Some some, some kind of juicy spoilers here. Uh, so we're rolling out a metal label. Um, we're rolling out what's called the Fab Slab, uh, which is a case specifically designed uh, for flesh and blood players um, uh, for equipment and stuff that you start the game with. So it'll be a slab that's only slightly bigger than the card itself, so more like the snaps. 
um, if if you know what a Ultra Pro Snap or you know a little snap case and stuff like that right. is, it's going to be similar to that, and it's going to have the label on the back. Uh, and then we're we've also we're also going uh, about to announce a very very spicy partnership, uh, which I think is going to really, especially as far as flesh and blood goes, is really going to take PCG to the next level. Okay, so we're going to back up a little bit here because there's a lot to dig into, <laughs> and this is part, ladies and gentlemen, this is partially why we took a, a week uh, to give essentially give Matt a little bit more time to confirm a lot of these things because the timing on this we're, we're currently recording this on tuesday the 19th i think for yourself it's wednesday the 20th out there in new zealand uh nonetheless there's there's stuff that's happening a, a couple days from now the present for us whereas this is going to be published on the thursday the 21st uh some of the information might already be out there but nonetheless discussing this is pretty sweet because you first of all i just want to i want to talk to you about the the metal uh, the metal s sort of, um, you know, labeling and such like this, because you sent me a video and I want to show people and talk to us a little bit about the importance or the significance of, of just how cool this laser engraving thing is. <laughs> yeah, so um, you new sort of more more advanced technology that is really going to give uh, a stunning pop out look to our labels. Um, we wanted to find a way to kind of take our labels to the next level. Obviously, BGS. Um, you know, if you put our slab up against theirs, I'd I'd say that our label is cleaner and the design's nicer, but theirs kind of pops a little bit more. Um, so we wanted to find a way to make our label really pop out. Uh, and we found that metal metal labels is really the way to do that. So um, I've got you know a couple of couple of little samples here as well, but the video will show you um, much uh, uh, much nicer. But basically, um, you know, it's the same label, the same label that that you've seen, the same design, uh, but they are going to be uh, laser engraved etched onto metal, yeah, which is just pretty damn cool and like you mentioned it is uh, cool <laughs> it's very cool and again uh, the video that we we just played shows just a little bit of that process of how it goes and now i can't look at that and not think of the freaking death star and then once again ask you <laughs> when are you going to expand because right now for those who, who want to know obviously they know you for flesh and blood but people have been submitting more than just flesh and blood cards to pcg right yeah, 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 yeah. So we've been doing, you know, we do obviously Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Super. We've rolled out Weishwartz, uh, Digimon, MetaZoo. Uh, we're, we're, we're gradually rolling out more and more games to the catalog. Um, and uh, absolutely, we'll, we'll, we'll bring in, you know, Final Fantasy, Star Wars, uh, just basically. Ideally, I would love to capture the entire TCG market, and I think especially at least for the standard size cards, so anything that fits in our standard cases, uh, I envision that by next year we will uh, try to roll out you know, 90, 95% of what's out there. That's beautiful, and I, I do appreciate that, um, again, and again, it, it's hard when, you know, because there's so much out there there's so many different <laughs> little tcgs that have come and gone that uh, have such you know profound places in our hearts especially for myself and again star wars CC, uh, ccg is what i cut my teeth in to complex card games and having some of these cards that i just wish that i can display that i can have that way and the way that you've done this now with the laser engraving and just really upping the game pcg grading um, the first question I have is, is this going to affect the pricing on having cards graded? 
No, no. The plan is is not to. Uh, the plan is to incorporate it in our current pricing model. Um, so yeah, so we're we're, we're going to keep the pricing the same uh, with you know with these increased costs. But I think we've we've found a way to do it really well. Um, so obviously we have to invest quite a lot in the equipment uh, and the laser equipment. But the product costs of the metal uh, isn't isn't. Uh, you know, major enough that it will push anything over. So um, we're going to keep the pricing exactly the same for PCG. Everything that you've p paid so far uh, will, will be the same. Uh, and when we do roll out the metal labels, the intention is to eventually roll out the metal labels for everything. Right now, the metal labels are going to be for the quad tens uh, and for some special cards, um, uh, which I'll uh, yeah we'll talk about we'll talk about later on in this video as well. Which special cards are going to get some metal labels? Oh, okay, um, <laughs> it's a, a, a little bit more spicy stuff. But eventually, we'll roll out the metal labels to all service uh, all services all cards. And when we do that, we'll do a little upgrade service as well. So people will be able to su submit their previously slabbed. Uh, PCG cards to be re-slabbed with metal labels and that upgrade service may cost five dollars or something like that We want to keep that really cheap and we want to allow people to uh, you know kind of turn their existing labels into metal All right, that's sweet. Uh, I like that again um, I'm not necessarily somebody I'm like for the collectors out there I think it's a great thing But even for somebody like myself who doesn't like honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I don't give two s's about um whether my cards that i'm playing with are cold foil or gold foil or whatnot like it doesn't like but that's just me but the thing about it is that people do care about that and even myself if i opened like i'm i'm if i opened that first fabled card that i've ever had and it looks good i would probably want to invest you know 25 30 40 dollars to get it graded so because it means so much to me and so there's appeal yeah. across the board but the collectors must love this and i want to also just Transition. First of all, side note: Have you used the laser engraver on anything personal that is not <laughs> that is not uh, for the card grader? Have you used it for like a name no. tag or something silly or like a doormat? I don't know. Um, we, we we have actually talked about that about doing little you, you know like dog tags. Um, like uh, yeah, yeah, basically little tags and then giving them out at expos with like PCG branding and stuff. But the computer programs that are written to for the for the laser to do what it does are quite complex. So if I turned around to, uh, you know, if I turned around and said, hey, I want you to write me a program so that I can make my cat a little tag, they're going to say no. Uh, <laughs> they're going to say that. That's going to cost you far. That's going to cost the company far too much for what you want. But have they met the cat? It's a great cat. It's <laughs> hey, my, my cat's name is Marvel. He's awesome. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking that the only way to really, like, what have we done to improve Matt Roger's presence within card games. Well, we've given him lasers. Like we've literally just installed lasers in Matt's arsenal, which is great. But um, the demand for these cards uh, has you. Have you seen it risen? And this kind of leads me also into the um, the the release of what I just learned. And again, as a non collector, this is all kind of stuff that I'm I'm learning about and and getting more in depth with. But something that's called a population report uh, about the just what that is like, explain to us um the demand for these uh, card cards being graded um will you be at more events and how does that lead into the pop report 
Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, the demand that we've seen has just been exceptional. It's been amazing, to be honest. Um, you know, we've grown so much. Uh, to be honest, you know, we, we launched in America less than a year ago. Um, it's crazy how much uh, how much we've grown uh, in this time. And now we have offices in America, in Australia, in New Zealand, and as of about tomorrow in Malaysia as well. So, um, yeah, like, it's it, it's been a wild, wild ride, and the demand has just been exceptional so and I'm, I'm seeing more and more of it as well even when i'm playing even around locals and stuff people playing with pcg slabs and and um you know uh things that people post up online it's just so it's so awesome to see everywhere so um yeah it's it's been a lot of fun um but in terms of events uh obviously we did the world premiere uh in new zealand we've been doing uh armageddon expos so we've signed up for four expos we're doing the big uh uh, Cancer Society Battle Harden. We're doing a PCG uh, on-site grading booth there as well. Um, and it's been tremendously successful. Our Armageddon booth, uh, we opened it at 9 a.m. We had to close it by about 10.30 because we just got overrun. Uh, op- you know, put a sign up saying that, that we need to close due to demand. We'll reopen at 1 p.m. Uh, we, uh, at, at 1 p.m. there was a queue just as far as you could see, you know. Um, and so we ended up having a close it and reopen and close and reopen it throughout the weekend it was it was nuts uh you know and we graded 300 percent more cards than we expected so um the events have been doing really well for us and so because of that we intend to do more of them we want to do uh call-ins we want to do pro tours we want to do uh you know gaming conventions so they'll be out there like you you're going to be on site so people if for those who don't know again it like the biggest challenge I've always felt was trying to justify the cost of shipping to send a card out. You don't know whether it's going to be graded or whatnot, but the on-site, there's no shipping card uh, cost or anything no. associated with it, right? And there's no waiting. <laughs> yeah, waiting it, sucks, man. Waiting is the yeah, worst. Waiting sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our, our, our on-site turnaround times are usually two to four hours. So you drop a card off in the morning, you pick it up in the afternoon. There's no way. <laughs> Sweet. And you're not going to hit it like, uh, like, uh, uh, you know, like a high school teacher who wants to get the hell out where you're just like a b c d d d a b b b like you're just not like you know grading them without actually looking at them like you guys do good work and this again leads to the fact that the good work you do leads to increased demand which you guys clearly have but what is a population report because this is like i said something that is new to me but it has significant um you know it has a lot of significance to the collector market right like so explain to us what a population report is yeah, so population report is basically a report that shows uh, all of the cards that have been graded by a company. So, like, for example, your specific flesh and blood card, uh, let's say you have a cold foil iron rot legs, right? Um, you, uh, uh, firstly, on the label itself, on your slab, there's a QR code on the back. You'll be able to scan that QR code, uh, which will take you to... Um, a verification thing on our population report that'll show you this is the card we graded this is the grades it was given this is you know this authenticates everything um and then uh and then we ha- and then that feeds into a data a data report that we're um 
that we show front end to everybody. So you're going to be able to search through our sort of database of everything that we've graded and say, all right, I want to ha have a look at the cold foil iron rot legs. Oh, okay, PCG have graded 64 of these. Um, and then, uh, you know, nine of these, nine of these got 9.5s and 20 something of these got nines. And my one here, you know, my one here that's a nine with this corners and this is, oh yeah, around about average or this is above average or this is a really, really rare card because I got a 10 on this, you know. Um, and there are so few 10s that have been given out for this specific card. Um, and then, yeah, you're just going to be able to search through and see subsets of data of the different things that we've graded. It's basically our full back-end database of what we're doing, but accessible to the public transparently. So this is something along the lines more of I mean, everybody, when they sell cards or buy cards, something they'll just go and say like, oh, a TCG player cost is this, the market value is this or whatever. But how many are out there? How many are technically mm. for sale? This is a, a true database of your particular, of everything that you've ever graded. And I'm assuming that this is already, it's not like, okay, starting today, it's from the beginning, right? You guys have this all on record. Yeah, yeah. So I think we've we've got over 20,000 cards on record now, I believe. Um, there are a few. So a big issue, we, we wanted to put the pop report out at 10,000 cards graded uh, a, a couple of months back, but we've ran into a, a bunch of issues. Um, and uh, some of them were just that, uh, you know, some offices were... We, we, we were having some problems with our um, catalogs. So some officers were just like manually entering in the cards. And what we found out is that those those labels that were being manually changed and entered weren't being saved in the system. So the database is pulling the old labels, you know, the, the original um, original whatever the database came up with, which could, could be anything. Um, so no errors were fixed effectively. So we've, we've had to spend the last couple of months going in and coupling the different uh, uh, things and, and basically combing through 20,000 cards and making sure that we fix up everything and that, um, yeah, that all, all of the data is correct, basically. So at, at current, I believe that there's about 700 cards. So, um, you know, maybe three or four percent or whatever that won't be in there uh, that, ha that have yet to be fixed up. Uh, but we're, we're confident to launch it with, you know, 98% of uh, or 97% or something of what we've um, graded in there. Uh, and, and we'll be gradually adding back uh, the, the other ones as we fix them up and as we kind of correct the catalog to what was actually graded. So the fab slab that you're talking about, and this is something that I think that a lot of people have had to, for, for the longest while early on, and the uniqueness of Flesh and Blood being that you start with, you know, upwards of six or seven cards already on the board. Um, having those vanity pieces, those cold foils and the beautiful pieces, like the expensive cards, they need to be protected, they need to be slabbed. And what I used to do is I had like the metallic slabs that I had, but then you'd have to kind of carry yeah. them around separately. Then I was like, well, top loaders are a little bit easier. You know, if I'm running a, a hero with like two legendary equipments, I, I can put them in top loaders and slide them into the deck box. They're you know, ugly. Yeah, and they just <laughs> yeah. look bad. What is the is a fab slab? And I, I understand what you're talking about because like those those snappables that can slide into a deck box, but they're kind of I don't say they're flimsy, but they're kind of, in my opinion, just um a solution that people have just found until something I guess better comes along. But is fab yeah. slab a graded card that is in that kind of playable slab, or can you explain a little bit about that? 
Yeah, yeah. So the fab slab uh, is exactly that. So instead of grading a card in a in a you know sort of large clunky um, slab uh, like usual, we'll grade a card in a slab that is around about the same size as one of those snaps. So it's only slightly bigger than the card itself. So uh, you know the front of the card, all you see is plastic that goes slightly over that, and then on the back we've got our metal label on the back that will have um, you know. Uh, everything about about that slab on the label there so we're only going to have a label on the back of the card for the fab slab uh, and does this uh i guess this is something that like a, it's a separate service that you can just sort of opt into and say oh make it a make it a fab slab and um does yeah so the the, the fab slab we're, we're aiming for september um so just after the pro tour uh hoping that we can roll it out by then but yeah it's sort of a q4 a, a q3 q4 initiative um so you know we're, we're waiting back for the samples and then we've got to get uh the the cases made and sent over to all the offices before we can roll roll the service out but yeah that is um yeah the plan is is that people will just be able to pick that um uh as part of their grading service and then they're going to be able to play with their slabs really easily and the slabs are going to fit into you know a, a lot of things like i use the dragon shield nest 300 for example and you can easily fit you know sort of 11 12 slabs into there with a deck and, and everything like that so it's all um you know we, we are going to make it uh with with that in mind make well, it easy to carry that's yeah. great i mean for uh what many people would describe as a dying card game it's incredible that people are still <laughs> are still investing their time and, and brains into uh improving the the quality of uh just the qol of of how this game is played now we are going to get to the meta uh, of and how in my opinion it is such a beautiful balanced little meta that we've got going on but before we do that there's a few yeah. things that i also want to get to um regarding you yourself and you alluded to something, and I want to see if I can't squeeze a little bit out of you a little bit more, because I know that we had discussed for uh, a whole week, we had sort of, you know, thrown darts back and forth about uh, what we want to talk about and just how to sort of strategically kind of let the flow go to give a little bit of the information away. But there's some pieces that you you told me about that I, I want to squeeze out of you, but I don't want to get yeah, you in trouble. So I'm not going to say it, but you said that that there's some good things coming. You guys are no longer uh, associated with Channel Fireball. You are not part of the TCG player uh, acquisition as such. You guys are kind of out there, but you're not going to be alone for long, as it were. Are you able at all to a certain degree to kind of maybe just, you know, leave some bread breadcrumbs on the ground about where or who or what y'all are going to kind of, you know, have a nice little happy marriage with or, or, or whatnot. It's not instant speed. I know it's not instant speed because I would have been the first one to say <laughs> no, no, no. I, You know, the, the, the whole point of lagging this video to today was to get to the point where I can just give you the whole loaf of bread, where I can I can, I can can just break break it to you, the, uh, uh, everything that's going on. Um, so, yeah, it's very, very different to the whole Channel Fireball situation uh, and, and everything like that. Um, but, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, PCG is no longer going to be Channel Fireball graded, uh, uh, branded. Um, you know, it is just going to be Premier Card grading, uh, and we are running all these, uh, yeah, kind of rolling out all these awesome initiatives. But yeah, the the thing that the thing that I've given you a few bread comes from, and the thing that you're alluding to is we are we have an official partnership, the first ever official partnership with a TCG company. Uh, for a grading company, uh, and that is Legend Story Studios. I've heard so, of them. I, <laughs> you definitely have heard of them. I've heard of so, them. 
<laughs> I and and that that that's not a partnership as as you know uh, in any sort of way like a merger or anything like that. That's just a partnership to say that you know very similar to the Dragon Shield and Legend Story Studios partnership to say we are working together to you know uh, 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 to better these 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 things for you. We are going to help each other. Um, so uh, yeah, by the time this video airs, uh, Legend Story Studios will have made their announcement. Their announcement's pegged for tomorrow our time, and your video is pegged to launch the day after that. Um, so as people are watching this, the announcement should already be out there. Um, is that uh, yeah? There's an official Legend Story Studios PCG partnership, um, which I'm so excited about. It's literally a dream come true for me. Uh, you know, I love working with James. I love working with LSS. I love everything that that team and that company stands for. Um, and I feel like we're so well aligned. Um, so effectively, what that partnership means um, is that we are going to be helping them uh, uh, with their, I guess quality control um, for cards uh, with their uh, promos and prize, prize cards and stuff like that. So um, yeah, all of the gold cards uh, that you've been receiving at tournaments, uh, you know, so gold legendaries for top eight, uh, gold cards for winning road to nationals, uh, pro tour championship cards as well, uh, you know, anything, anything big and valuable um, and nice. Uh, James James's vision is that he wants only the absolute nicest copies of those cards to go to players, uh, and that he loves shredding cards. He loves he loves oh, filing God. cards into the machine, as you've seen, uh, as you've seen with use and done. And so, what his commitment to the players are now is that premier card grading is going to pre-grade all of those cards. Um, so you're not going to receive them in slabs. Some of them you will, um, but for the most part, what what the service is is that basically. PCG takes all of these gold cards, uh, we pre-grade them, make sure that they get at least a 9 uh, on all subgrades, centering, corners, edges, surface, anything below a 9. James has said anything below a 9, throw it in a box, we're shredding it. Um, <laughs> he is no longer, Legend Story Studios are no longer going to give out gold cards, uh, you know, high tournament prizes that are that aren't just beautiful, that aren't just immaculate. So um, we will pre-grade them. We will put them into a top loader with a security PCG sticker over the top of the top loader that uh, that authenticates that this is a 9+, plus, that it's a guaranteed 9 on all subgrades um, or better. And, uh, and yeah, people will know that every prize card that they receive is stunning. That's a great... Uh piece of sort of insurance and allowing people to be certain i guess and, and just a little bit more comfortable and confident that the cards that they're getting are not you know they weren't just sort of folded in someone's wallet and and then walked into the venue right like they're actually uh verified as such and um, it just makes me laugh that you mentioned the throw them in a box and shred them kind of thing because <laughs> that whole s storm was in my opinion kind of <laughs> It was a little bit funny, and I don't want to dig into that, but I've got you here now, and uh, I, I want to ask you, if possible, when you do grade those cards, uh, everything that's an 8.5 or lower, can you please videotape yourself shredding them so certain others in the community can lose their bloody minds about <laughs> cards that were never in circulation uh, affecting market that <laughs> doesn't exist? Just want to make sure that you know I have your word that you will videotape this. 
<laughs> well, I I actually don't shred them. Every every card every card is well documented from LSS to PCG. Uh, PCG grade them, and we give them back the exact number of cards that they gave us. Just some are in a box for them to shred, and some are in a top loader with our sticker authenticating that it's a nine plus. So I think I think that that the main thing is just like a, a a few of these gold cards and these really nice prize cards, you know, might just have any sort of ding or um you know uh, kind of scratches or stuff, and a lot of it ha happens at factory and a lot of it happens on the way to you know whatever to or um you know handled by anybody anywhere in the middle and uh it's always just you know james has always been a bit saddened to see uh yeah yeah i guess people selling discounted um gold foils and this and it's a little bit damaged and he just really wants to prevent that happening in the future he really wants people to be really proud of what they won and know that uh yeah that that, that they're holding really nice cards and i guess on top of that as well is that these cards in these top loaders with the security sticker if you remove the security sticker it's got like a void thing behind it as long as these cards stay with the sticker in the top loader they can be submitted straight to pcg and you are guaranteed a nine on every subgrade like we've already graded that we already know that everything's at least a nine uh so you, you're going to get a quad nine plus on on every subgrade uh if you just submit it in the top loader with the sticker still on uh to any pcg PCG office around the world. So can I ask you then, um, since we're on this subject, is what's your what's your reaction to a little bit of the outrage that occurred? Uh, you know, maybe outrage is not the the correct terminology, but just a little bit of the reaction to the video of LSS shredding these uh, tournament prize winning cards that were never going to be sold and never going to be in circulation. I mean, I I knew I knew it was it was gonna happen. I've known James for a long time. I know James loves ripping up cards. I think there's actually uh, the very first nationals, uh, the nationals in New Zealand when they were giving out the top eight gold cards. The the grass uh, had 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 a bit of a nick in it, um, and uh, yeah, it didn't it didn't look fantastic. And and uh, it was pointed out to James, and James looked at it and he just ripped the card in half and he gave it. Or I I don't know if the person won. Or him, but but he he loves ripping cards. You know, he 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 loves ripping cards that are damaged. He wants you know he he absolutely wants uh, you know only a certain number to be out there and them to just be the nicest ones and all the rest of it. So ripped the card in half, gave them the rip copy and said, "I'm going to send you a you know an immaculate copy, a new a new copy that doesn't have a ding in it. Let's you know this one's done, this one's over, uh, and uh, yeah." <laughs> So there was no, but like on, on your end, I mean, clearly, so out of, out of curiosity, do you think that this, like this, you know, the reaction of the masses of which most of them, I'd say, you know, 99% of the, uh, of the sort of negative feedback from that whole incident was from non flesh and blood players. And I, I can't say that it's all maybe 99% is, you know, it's a figure of speech, but the vast majority was from outside of the flesh and blood sphere of, of regular players and people committed in, to playing the game and whatnot. A lot of it was just, you know, it, and sort of the, the dance around was that yeah, it's bad optics. Look at the price of a tunic and they're just shredding these cards and whatnot. Um, you know, your impression of that, sort of that mentality you know and do, do you think that this got all the way up back to james and james kind of just laughed it off 
Yep, absolutely. I mean, J James is a commitment to collectability, right? This is this is about upholding that commitment to the players. Um, and this isn't even the first time he's shredded gold tunics. Uh, people people that are new to the to the game might have seen this being the first time, but actually, a video aired about two years ago um, of a bunch of gold tunics shredded uh, uh, that Sasha received. So when the pandemic hit and the whole circuit of callings and stuff that, that that were planned in the back end all got cancelled um and uh you know that th this was the early days after the first couple of us callings i think back in 2019 uh there, there was a a new zealand calling a sydney calling and maybe two us ones and they were all about 40 people this was right at the very start of the game right and then um there, there was a bunch of callings in the pipeline you know i think you know maybe like 40 of them or something and the pandemic had just hit and everything had to be cancelled and so you know they had hundreds of these gold tunics that they were planning to give out because they were going to give um one to everybody in the top eight uh so so what what they what what james did is he said well you know by the time that this comes back around uh and then we do these callings there's going to be new gold foils and, and stuff like that so maybe we'll keep some tunics because they're special and they're the original maybe we can give them to the winners but we're not going to give out out these hundreds of tunics so we're going to shred them um and so they shredded hundreds of tunics and they sent sasha uh who won one of the american callings they sent uh i think they sent some prizes to him or, or the trophy for winning or something and they sent it in a box full of shredded tunics <laughs> they sent him a literal box full of i think it would have been hundreds of shredded tunics yeah. so that, that that video is out there somewhere i i saw it a couple of years ago that's the thing and the other thing that people need to understand Old is that <laughs> well lss is not the only one that shred promos and prize prize cards etc like that this is yeah. the other thing but uh again old news new news would be also um besides pcg we're going to move on from that we're going to get to the meta in just a second i just want to ask you one more thing uh about just what you're up to uh, outside of playing, and that would also be teaching. And then there's the Flesh and Blood School that you are developing, kind of like an academy, as it were. Uh, and I know I don't know of many other players that would uh, I would trust to kind of sort of run this as like a headmaster, as it were, as a principal oh Ro principal <laughs> Rogers. Uh, at the Fab School. So talk to us a little bit about that. <laughs> talk to us a little bit about about Fab School. Yeah, so Fab School is going to be something that we're going to roll out next next month. Uh, it's a little bit of a side project, a uh, bit of fun. But basically, you know, the last year or two, so many people have reached out to me uh, and and to Tarek and to, you know, uh, uh, people close to me, Nick, etc., you know, to ask, would would you do coaching? Would you do, uh, you know, can you make more content? You know, we, we're dying for content. We'd happily pay for it. We just we just really, really want some more high-level stuff going on, and, uh, and there's just not a enough of it out there yet and uh you know would you help me to better my game and and all of the rest of it so we sort of you know be, between the team team dragon shield we sort of you know our, our Tarek patel rob rob seigel nick butcher and myself we sort of said well you know none of us really have the time to do this for these people but collectively we probably do um you know you know there's there's people like uh uh you know nick for example uh you know that he really wants to turn flesh and blood into in you know uh into his main focus in life you know obviously Tarek's a doctor and has 
full-time job there and I, I have my businesses in full-time, you know, work there. So it can, you know, I only have time for a part-time thing, but between... Rob has his hair. I mean, that's a... Yeah, that's, Rob, Rob has his like hair. Four hours a day. hours a day. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's unreal. But, um, but yeah, so between us, we actually have the time and the ability uh, that if this is really what people want, um, which uh, which has been shown to us absolutely is, uh, uh, that, that collectively, collectively we could do this um, and we could produce quite a lot of content so the plan is uh you know we've been working on this in the background we've been setting it all up we've got you know um everything set up at, at, at each person's house to do this um and i've kind of you know headed up the the project a little to um yeah to to get this rolled out to a level that i think people will appreciate um and uh, it'll be it'll be a, a, you know a, a positive a, a positive thing in the community with you know we're, we're planning to put out multiple videos a week um you know uh, just kind of a massive amount of high level content we're going to be doing uh you know gameplay videos we're going to be doing draft cam videos where we where we talk through all of the picks and stuff as well we're going to be doing deck profiles full sideboarding guides um and then you know even on top of that we're going to do you know uh, it, it's 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 going to be a big patreon thing it's going to be called fab school it's by team dragon shield uh so you know rob nick Tarek, and myself um and uh for the patreons we're also going to do things like online drafts that they'll get invited to so they'll be able to test draft for the pro tour with team dragon shield uh, uh, uh with us and um yeah i think we can really put out an awesome amount of content that's going to be really really helpful to people now you know what you haven't mentioned which i think some people you know out there might want is uh, some a little bit of guidance, maybe a little bit of knowledge uh, bestowed upon them regarding casting fab matches. Maybe you need sort of a guest speaker, uh, uh, you know, for the only for the top tier Patreon subscribers, obviously, have access to this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know who you, who else you might know who has, you know... L- a few licks in on uh, on on casting professionally, but uh, if ever yeah, that Grace is fantastic. I agree. I think I think he'd he'd do that that role really really well and and, and help out with that sort of stuff. So, when yeah, no, I I'm I'm with you on that. When did this become uh, a, a pro <laughs> Tan and Grace kind of a, a segment? No, this is not the case. But uh, uh, casting is something that I got the pleasure of doing with you in uh, New Jersey, and um, this is something that kind of crossed my mind as as well. You know, people like uh, Brendan Patrick, for example, have um, been very vocal and active in terms of trying to make the transition and and be more of a broadcaster versus a competitive player. You yourself are, um, you know, and this isn't meant to as just sort of flattery or whatnot. It's just the fact that a lot of people that uh, high level players that I speak to regard you as one of if not the best flesh and blood player out there right now which is funny because the conversation that we had when we're when people were talking about like the best uh flesh and blood players the the conversation spawned I believe when I was talking about oh would Canada's best eight beat America's best eight and we're talking about the best players in the world and this and that and I think we we got on to talking about oh is like Isaac Crute the best player in North America? Is he the best player in the world? And then everybody's like, no, Matt's the best player in the world. And I thought they were talking about me and I thought it was hilarious. I was like, you're talking about me? Is this a joke? They're like, no, Matt Rogers, you doofus. And I was like, oh. So being regarded as the best player in the world, does this kind of, um, first of all, do you have any aspirations to return to the desk or make a transition to the desk given the fact that you're so busy 
um, with all your businesses, with this fab school that you're developing, et cetera, that competition and staying on top of competition might not be your, your, you know, not only your, your first priority, but even a viable option for you anymore is, is moving to a broadcasting and a little bit more of, uh, you know, less stressful, less commitment to being a broadcaster. Is that something that is on your radar perhaps? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I really, really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoy broadcasting. I really enjoy, uh, being in the booth with you guys and, 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 and doing that sort of thing. And I absolutely want to keep that as a part of, a part of something that I do. Right. Like my, my whole thing is that I, uh, I try to do the things that I enjoy in life and I try to make sure that I that I surround myself with the right tools and the right assets and the right people that it doesn't have to be a main focus. It can just be, you know, something that I do for fun on the side. So yeah, I'm, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna, you know, devote a massive amount of time to it. I'm never gonna, you know, just do that. It's, it's always going to be something that, you know, I do for fun, uh, on the side that I really enjoy doing if people want, want me doing it, you know? Um, so yeah, things, things like, a, you know, a tournament will generally come first. And if I, if I don't make top eight, uh, if I don't do particularly well and, and there's, a, you know, potentially a spot open to cast the top eight with you and Tannen and such, then I'll happily jump in. And that, that's how I that's how I see myself. I, I, I don't see myself transitioning from player to broadcaster and focusing on that or only focusing on playing or anything like that. I kind of see it as, you know, I'm, I'm available uh, if it's uh, if it's a bit of fun, I'm going to jump in and do it and I'm going to, you know, give it give it all I got and give it my best shot. That's uh, that last quote. Uh, is also a great Tinder profile, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> uh, if there's a spot available, uh, I'll jump in and give it my best shot. I think that's... <laughs> if there's space available. Um, yeah. Is that going to be my catch line? <laughs> it's got to be. It seems like every time you're on the program, there's a new Matt Rogers catch line and, and the catchphrase, and it, it's always great. I never stick. Well, no. I mean, well, uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll. Yeah, hey, when in France, you could just kind of make a like a you know, you could just kind of create like a you know a, a wandering Tinder profile of just Matt Rogers with Gosh. all your gold foils and uh, yeah, and that catch lot, that catchphrase. Um. So that said, um, let's let's move on to the meta, which uh, the last um sort of pie chart that I saw. I don't know if I've, I've seen week two yet, but I, I doubt it would be that much different. It might be a little bit more resolved, but the week one RTN pie chart was um, this mosaic. It was just con like this beautiful sort of yeah, wagon wheel of different little pie slices. I think that the most uh, any hero had in terms of representation was like Viserai at sub 19%. This is a far cry yeah. From the forty percent Starvo pie slices, that like Triangle of Doom is no longer a situation. Um, the the meta is so diverse, and I want to perhaps pick your brain a little bit about why that is. Yeah, the meta is beautiful at the moment. This is the best it's ever been in this game. Um, it is the best time ever to play Flesh and Blood. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun in this meta. I think it's wide open. I think there's so many different options. There's so many different uh, places that you can take each hero as well. And just almost everything's viable. It's crazy. Uh, unless you're an Azalea fan, like, no matter what, <laughs> no, matter, no, matter, no matter what gets your juices flowing, you can play it at, at, at top level events at the highest 
highest level. So I think that is really cool. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, we just don't have anything that is, uh, you know, kind of mathematically so far ahead we don't have anything that's broken we don't have anything that breaks the fundamentals of the game and and that you know becomes unbeatable or, or impossible to kind of keep up on the same rate with um which uh really allows that uh, all of these different strategies that sort of average out at the same sort of rates of of, of how they attack and how they uh utilize um uh you know resources throughout the game and stuff it all kind of balances out really well which allows you to kind of do whatever you want to do in this meta game it's great so what did you play uh in your in this rtn season i saw a lot of viscerize that were out there but um you know even the prominence of viscerai uh, over a long you know a long period of time it just seems like every time it took a hit it would eventually roar back somebody with you know yeah. uh, with competency was able to pilot it to to uh, you know to a tournament win, RTN win, very successfully. For yourself, what did you play in this past RTN season? So the good thing about a meta like this is you do just get to play your favorite deck, and that's exactly what I did. Like so many people, is I just I took my favorite hero and I just played it because you know nothing is a absolute raw dog. Nothing's just going to get destroyed. So um, I played Oldham uh, throughout the RTN season. I don't think it's the best deck. Um, I, I think maybe it could be, um, but it is the deck that I enjoy the playstyle of the most. So I love playing Oldham. Um, so I try a couple of different builds throughout the road to nat season uh i top aided each of the events uh i didn't win any i came second in the last one um but uh yeah i had i had a lot of fun um yeah kind of you know icing up my opponents and and attacking attacking with hammers and and uh all the rest of it so it was it was really cool i thought we were talking to a champion so this everybody disregard what he says because uh, he didn't even no, win I in rtn who are you? I was a champion like way back in the day, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm washed up now. All these people that keep putting me in these conversations of like best player and stuff, like you know, you know, you're, you're talking about 2020, Matt Rogers. Yeah, <laughs> like this is, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to sort of ride that wave until it just fizzles out. But I mean, the conversation of Matt Rogers being the best player in the world—do they even know that you, you didn't even win an RTN? You, you <laughs> washed up clown. How dare you? Uh. But yeah. th that's the beautiful part about this meta, and this is something that I think a lot of card games have always struggled with. I know that in the various different titles I play, there's always um, the higher up the ladder you climb, the more refined and honed down the options of viability become because, you know, it, it, eventually the, the cream rises to the top. And I want to ask you in this case, it's been um, nearly an entire month of Uprising meta. You know, it's been about four weeks. Yeah. We have not seen a true, you know, uh, sort of dyad or triad of of winners that are out there. Of these are the three that you play, and unless you're yeah. very adept at something else, you should probably focus on these. But it's really like you mentioned, you play the hero that you want to, and I'm struggling myself because, it, you know, I'm I'm a terrible deck builder. I'm I admit that. You know, I'm a good student and I'm I'm a good player, but I I'm very poor at building decks. So when somebody's like, "Oh, just play what you want," that means I have to go and dig up cards and put something together with all this new stuff, and I just don't have the patience. But for this meta, is there something that's like it's it's just hinged on? Is there is is this very delicate meta that 
so many other card games wish ha it had this kind of diversity. Is it is it balanced on some one hero as the fulcrum here, or is or is there actually a true balance where if you take one of those heroes out, everything kind of stays the same? Players like uh, David Root, for example, are saying that everything is just balanced on Prism. Once Prism is you know booted out, there is going to be this reshuffling where a lot of other heroes are going to eventually just dominate everyone else. You know, the existence of Prism is keeping everything in delicate balance. Yeah, I think I disagree with that. I think I think that we are just in a full balanced state. I think that the game, for the most part, is pretty balanced. I think that, you know, most cards generally average out to do the same sort of thing. So, like, you know, we don't usually have cards that are significantly more powerful than other cards. So the thing that throws the balance off is usually heroes that have significantly more powerful abilities. Um, you know, so things like chain being able to being able to give things go again and the fact that you were able to uh have all these extra cards you know nothing else allows you to draw two or three cards for for one thing and be able to play with like seven or eight card hands like chain did right and then starvo that had this ridiculous hero ability that was like worth you know more than a card um 60 of turns or, or whatever right so the things that threw the balance out in this game i think were just significantly more powerful abilities that were worth you know uh multiple points as it were um and now i believe that we're in a game where all of the hero abilities you know are so so they're not you know none of them are worth a whole card a turn or even every two turns or anything like that and then all of the cards are about on balance on par-ish with each other on terms of point value per card. So I, I really do believe that we that we're at a balanced state in this game, and until uh, some sort of broken interaction or some sort of uh, hero ability or set of cards or something that is significantly better than the average card that's made comes out, then I think we're going to stay there. And you can you can living legend a hero, you can ban a hero, you can do whatever. I don't think that we're um, it's going to mess things up. That's a very uh, nice thing to hear because I think we just came we came off of a meta where it was this three horse race, and if that fourth horse had a shotgun and a clear sight, it maybe had a chance. <laughs> but typically, at the at as it is now, like you mentioned, I'm this kind of confusion that a lot of people are having, and if you can see it on social media all over the place, is people's main thing is like, okay, I got a tournament in three days. What the hell do I even bring? Because everything is viable, and uh, I think in those situations, like you mentioned, just leaning on what you know might be that yeah. extra edge that you need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you you get to just bring whatever you love playing the most. Uh, and to be honest, if you're having fun and if you're enjoying yourself and if you understand the dynamic and the and 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 the role that your hero plays in a game, you're going to do a lot better. So the other question, I guess, is that if there's, if you were to give one deck, a, maybe even like a, a point, like a one percentage point advantage, uh, is there one deck that, uh, again, this is just all things considered, you know, everybody is the same player. Obviously, players and metas and and matchups are going to factor in local, regional, etc. Metas, but if there, if all things considered, on the global stage, if there was one hero that you would think that might kind of excel uh, at, you know. Pro Tour France, let's say the one hero that you think will be most represented because people think it's just the the better hero. What would that be? 
Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a hard question to answer. I guess the only hero that kind of stands out as potentially a little bit better than the others at the moment is Fi, um, just because of the card point situation fire is a little bit ahead but with the on hit yeah uh, with the fact that it doesn't have a whole lot of on hits maybe that you know that kind of balances it out but i do believe that it kind of puts out a bit more damage than the other decks uh you know over a over a five you know five turn subset or whatever but uh yeah i, I guess fires maybe a little bit ahead i'd like to think old him's a, a a little bit of a head just because of what it can do but realistically it's a pipe dream um <laughs> i just love Oldham. i love playing it uh but yeah like i think on, honestly i don't think there's a true answer to that question right now i think that there is just so many viable decks and if you break everything down to like you know three three and a half points a card um you know the sort of card value between blocking and attacking and what a card's worth and what it costs you to do x damage and block x damage and stuff then i think everything is kind of balancing out pretty even i like that all right we're gonna end off the main discussion here matt with uh, another very you know wonderful initiative that you've put forward which is the charity drive which um I, you can do definitely a better uh a better job of explaining you know what this initiative is who the benefit uh, the, the the benefactors of uh, are of the the money raised and how people can also contribute so talk to us about the charity drive yeah so the the cancer society charity drive uh that i did last year was kind of uh, one of the proudest moments of my life um uh so you know it started off as a really close friend of mine kale mccreef um he, his father had been battling cancer for a long time and he'd been you know sort of beside his uh his, his father's side through this battle and unfortunately his father lost lost his battle to cancer uh and passed away and you know b between our, our sort of friend group uh nick butcher and myself and a few others close to Cal, we, we really wanted to do something. We really wanted to do something in his name and sort of, um, you know, and and in respect for his loss and what he's been through there. So um, we decided that, hey, you know, the flat flesh and blood community are an incredible community. We're all, you know, we can all kind of come together and we can all give a little bit um, and, and, uh, and, you know, do, do something in respect of this. So we put on uh, an event um uh you know at the time it was COVID times and whatnot and a lot of events were going online and stuff so we decided to do an online event a sort of charity event where um we'd, we'd give away a bunch of stuff and all of the money would be given to cancer society um and uh that spiraled into this big huge cancer drive so many people got behind it people people reached out to me and said i want to help beyond just this event you know um can i can i donate to the prize pool can i give um and so i was like yeah that 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 would be amazing more people that want to help absolutely yes people can donate to the prize pool the issue there is we got so much support that the prize pool just ended up crazy um and so so many people and businesses LSS themselves and everybody reached out and wanted to contribute to this so uh so we got to the point where we we're like okay well may maybe we'll start auctioning off some of these uh you know s some of these gifts and some of these amazing prizes and stuff that people uh, are, are giving and, and, and we'll donate the money to the to the charity so it started this whole drive and the drive just went on and on and I started doing you know we, we just started adding more things to it I mean I put on a big um keg barbecue thing where people would come and they'd uh you know pour from the keg and donate to the 
to the oh, charity drive. We did dude. like a, a a bunch of different things. <laughs> Where is this thing? Where is this keg in this party, my man? Like, let's, <laughs> let's be real. Uh, yeah. the, the initiative, the, um, you know, the, where the money's going, everything, the support that you, you spoke about again, it's incredible how, um, you know, one terrible thing can bring people together, uh, in order to, to create, um, you know, lasting positive effects. So good on you. And for those who are interested, how can they see some of these items and what are some of these items that they can either you know bid on or or perhaps donate with for a chance to win. What are some of these items? How do they get to that? Yeah. So so, so this so um yeah. Last year we auctioned off all of those items and we ran this big event. It was the biggest flesh and blood event of the time. And all together throughout the whole drive, we raised fifty five thousand uh, dollars for Cancer Society. So it was wow. absolutely mind blowing. Fifty five thousand. So um yeah. So this year uh we wanted to do it again. Um wanted to to do do a big event. We we talked to LSS. They you know um they gave us like a one of a kind playmat last time and and uh you know helped out with a bunch of things and this time they said look we'll give you a battle hardened event you can run a, a you know a, a a massive battle hardened event for cancer society in new zealand uh and you know it um and uh yeah so last year we did it online this year we're going to do a physical battle hardened event um and then uh we're doing the same thing so we're auctioning off a bunch of stuff where we're you know people are reaching out and um wanting wanting to donate wanting to get behind this drive again we're gonna you know we're, we're gonna do it all again we're gonna go as strong as we can again and we're gonna really really support a good cause so uh we've started the auctions i think there's about three three or four up at the moment i've auctioned off a pti a professional tournament invite so for somebody that wants to play france if they win that auction they can they can go to france uh and play in the pro tour there and then um you know uh lss have donated uh, a very special rare play mat uh that'll be auctioned off as well uh, uh that's in there um magnolia gaming have given us like a case and a couple of 9.5 some community members have given us some really cool rare collectible things uh and yeah we're just auctioning them off on the marketplace so this is the north american marketplace group on facebook uh the auctions run for about two days uh everything that uh, you know, if you win, you get the item, all of the money goes straight to Cancer Society. So uh, that that's all part of our drive. And then also because the event this year um, is going to be in New Zealand, a lot of people can't take part. You know, last year we had people from all over the world playing uh, and getting involved in this. Obviously, this year we're doing a physical event in New Zealand. So internationally, people, people aren't going to be able to uh, come and play the event. A lot of the time um, but they can still get involved we've set up a give a little page uh, so if you don't mind sharing the link down down, down here as well sure. people can people can go over to our give a little page they can donate an entry fee you know to, to sort of be part of part of this as well um, you know any any support any support whatsoever is really appreciated if people or businesses community superstars anything if you want to reach out to me if you want to give anything to the cause if you want anything you know uh, to be auctioned off we shout out your business we shout out your name uh, feel free to just message me on Facebook that's the easiest way to get a hold of me um, and uh, and and yeah yeah just feel free to reach out to me well, good on you guys. And if there's anything I can do to help, honestly, I don't have many collectibles. I don't think there's anybody that wants anything uh, that I have, uh, n let alone nobody you can wants sign that cap. Uh, <laughs> this cap. I mean, I, if there's one thing, I'm I'm more than happy to part with most of my items uh, that I have. If there's anything that uh, that you think would be um, 
you know, uh, worthwhile to sort of add to the to the pot. I mean, I'm trying to think of things that I have that are even desirable because the second I scribble my name on a card, people will be like, "Don't want it." <laughs> you know, yeah. so, uh, so we'll we'll see how it goes, but we'll chat offline and and I'll see if I can find us something that I can I can offer to help out with. But uh, yeah, there you go. So uh, we'll add the link at the uh, in the description of the video here. But please check it out and contact Matt if you do want to contribute or you have stuff that you can go because again, a great cause is a great cause and. $55,000 last time. I think we can blow that out of the water this time. So let's let's make that happen. Um, Matt, we do have another segment called Go Again. Okay. And uh, this yeah, yeah. time, yep. yeah, we've got plenty of people who have uh, submitted some <laughs> all kinds of silly questions. So uh, will you stay for Go Again? Absolutely. Damn I will right. go again. Hell yes. All right. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen, with more of Matt Rogers and Go Again. Instant Speed is proudly supported by BCW Supplies. If you need protection for your cards, be it sleeves, deck boxes, storage, organizational tools, or hey, are you a comic book collector, a coin collector? BCW Supplies has your hookup. Use the code ISP10, get 10% off all of your orders. Go to bcwsupplies.com. BCW, protect, store, display. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to go wide on the two-time returning champion, Matt Rogers. This is a segment we call Go Again. We've got some questions from the community, Matt, and some of these are a little bit off the wall, and I cannot wait <laughs> to get into them. Are you ready to go again? All right, I think I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Yeah, well, uh, we were talking about Kale McCreeth, and uh, this is uh, the first question asking... Uh, says, I've known Matt pre-Flesh and Blood. I've seen his manner in-game change with Flesh and Blood. He's much more relaxed and willing to play the game in the best of spirits, allowing players to take back mistakes, not miss triggers, etc. I'd like to know why that is. Also, why does his table talk suck so bad? So was was Matt Rogers like this like vicious gremlin at the table that was just like flipping tables and like talking smack? <laughs> I can't, I find that very hard to believe. No, I mean, I was, uh, when I played Magic with Kale, I was reasonably competitive. That, that was, that was the thing to do, right? Like, you know, um, and that was just kind of how the community worked. Like, you were reasonably competitive and you held people to account on their mistakes and all the rest of it. When Flesh and Blood came out, it was a new game and a lot of people were going to be making all sorts of mistakes. So, um, w you know, when we got into this new game, uh, I more than happily let everybody take back anything that, they, you know, while they were learning, if they decided, oh, this wasn't what wasn't the right play, yeah, that's all right, undo it, do, do, do whatever the right players. If you missed a tunic, oh, you know, tick that up. We, you know, I want to want to make sure that everything's kind of fair and above board right um and then uh yeah just in playing that way uh and in you know allowing allowing my opponents uh to play at their at their absolute best um winning winning games just felt better and just playing games just was a lot more fun uh and a, you know a much more inclusive environment and we really built a community off it so uh it just hasn't really changed um so i i always feel i always just feel so much more rewarding mini winning a game where there's no asterisks you know like uh 
you know, I, I sort of, the, 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 you know, the sort of main thing for me was that first Nationals where I went 13-0, uh, you know, and every single Tunic missed, I reminded my opponent about every single thing, you know, at, at a national level tournament, I let them take it back, everything like that. And I managed to win all 13 rounds with absolutely no asterisks. And that felt incredible. And, you know, every every win, every game felt so much better than Magic. And I just couldn't go back to the old community. So, um, yeah, I've just kind of tried to uphold that that way of playing and that spirit of playing. And, and it's, a, it's a lot more fun and feels a lot better. And, I mean, there is, you know, there is limits to that. Obviously, if you, you know, you shouldn't play the game for your opponent. And if, if a certain decision that they've made or something affects how you, you would block and, you know, gives them a tell on what you're planning to do the next turn and stuff, you can't really rewind that. But for the most part, anything that's supposed to happen, you just let happen. Yeah, when it comes to games, especially when, I mean, you're talking about nationals, but like even myself at and in practice and such, you know, when you're playing with somebody and, and you want to to improve or just, you know, test your metal against someone else, you know, you want to test against the ideal circumstances about the optimal outcomes. And that's the, the that's yeah. the, how you know that the, the result is genuine. But I feel like that kind of also translates to a degree where, you know, when you're helping your opponent make the right choices or, or not necessarily make, you're not helping your opponent make the right choices. You're, you're essentially allowing them to, to, uh, you know, convert on their own realization that they made an error, be it the tunic or whatever. Um, it, winning those matches, it, it no longer becomes a matter of, well, I didn't win, they lost. Like they, you know, yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's no, I won. Like I, I won based <laughs> off all of the optimal outcomes that they possibly presented me. So I, yeah, I hear you. All right. This one coming and, from. Well, oh. I, I think there was a second part of that question, right? There was a oh, your, your table talk going on here. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I, you got the microphone. Yeah, think, Smack it. <laughs> I, I got to just take a stab at Kale. I guess I guess when him and I play, my focus is on winning the game. He kind of gives up on that because he knows it's not going to happen. So he focuses on the table talk side. So I guess I guess I got to let him win those ones. Well, that in itself is table talk. So you actually just kind of like <laughs> threw some haymakers there too. All right. Well, suck on that, Kale. Uh, uh, next one coming from Dave Rude. Uh, who would win between you and Tarek in a best of three? And the three events are... Magic the Gathering, Flesh and Blood, Hot Dog Eating Contest. Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, Magic, I haven't played in well over a year. Uh, no, probably two years. And Tarek still plays regularly. So I think I think he's he's probably got my number on that one. Flesh and Blood, I've got his number. Let's be honest. <laughs> so it's all, so I, it all comes down to the tube steak eating contest. The, the tiebreaker is the hot dog eating contest. I mean, I love hot dogs, man. I can slam those things. Like, American hot dogs, man. I, But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I Yeah, may, may, maybe realistically, Tarek's a bigger guy. Like, he could probably slam a few more than me. But maybe maybe let's find out. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to give a definite answer on that. I don't know who wins the tiebreaker. So, I guess at PT Lou in the... Team Dragon Shield testing house. We're gonna have to buy some hot dogs, and we're gonna have to record this and make it happen. Okay, I need to be out. here for this. I absolutely need to be here for <laughs> this right. because I mean, everybody knows of Joey Chestnut and the uh, absolute monstrosity that he does every year uh, at the at the hot dog eating contest that, like in you know, Coney Island or wherever the hell that crap show occurs. Either way, if if 
if you concede magic to him and he just says, yeah, Matt's got my number in flesh and blood, this literally becomes like a one trick pony, which is it's going to be a hot dog eating contest. And I'm with you, man, because like those those hot dogs, like I don't know how many I could like easily dust a dozen of those like no questions oh. asked <laughs> okay. like like give me a, a backyard barbecue and nothing to do the next day and i can easily just completely dust a dozen of those bad boys no problem like is there a time limit like we're gonna have to set some rules here like if yeah. anybody out there listening has any kind of judging experience in hot dog eating contests know the rules the the proper commissions that we need to apply to please let us know <laughs> But if you're down for this, Matt, I am absolutely down for this. Yeah, I'm in. I'm probably going to embarrass the hell out of myself. I'll get through like the third hot dog and people are going to be like, uh, he's, Tarek's just down 10, man. Like, come on. Yeah, but <laughs> like, I may just completely embarrass myself, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give it a go. Yeah, well, like Tarek to me feels like, like Tarek's a, a true competitor. This guy's just like amazing yeah. at everything he does, but he strikes me as the yeah. type who's going to go down that nasty route of like, dunking the bun in water so he could just like yeah push it down like i i i feel like that is is where he'd go like a true competitor he may think it's nasty he you know the doctor in him is is just crying out for the absolute pounding his body's going to be taking however if there's a w at the end of that rainbow he will chase it the entire way he will be dunking those buns in his cup of water like the nasty filth that he is just to beat you but I will be there. I will absolutely right, be there. Let's do it. All right. I'm very competitive as well. So <laughs> we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll give him my best shot. Next uh, question coming from Andy and Modell asking, how have players' quality changed over the past 12 months of competitive play? Are there any players you look up to? Now, this is a conversation that we actually had on a previous episode where, where uh, you know, we had the conversation, you know, half a year ago where we said, uh, how have you seen the overall skill set of the the player base improve? And you have you were really like you know what I don't think I'm going to be on top of the world in in you know in six months. I think that I'm going to get blown past. How do you feel about that now? In, in retrospect, yeah, I was right. Ha -ha. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, no, I think I think that people yeah have just continued to get better. We've seen. I mean, at the pro tour that whole weekend, the talent that we saw out of Europe that just like came out of nowhere um, for you know for for a lot of the rest of the world, and we got absolutely blown away. Um, I think that yeah, there's some major talent coming out, and uh, it, it is just getting getting better and better the the bar just constantly is getting lifted and it's really really cool to see and it's 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 forming these incredible uh games on coverage as well of just um you know cast it when i was in the booth for top eight for casting that that pro tour that was unlike anything you know surely you can relate to this that was unlike anything in the past you know the absolute level and the way that the games kind of you know uh yeah edged through and stuff was just a whole nother thing and it was exciting and it was magical the way that i kind of envision myself when it comes to casting is um you know casting those that level of play it's kind of like being the the worst jockey in a horse race where everyone else <laughs> is so far ahead of you and all you're doing is you're just gripping the ropes hoping to just make sure that you never lose sight of that race in front of you so that you kind of yeah because there's it's just the level of competition the skill is just so much better and uh yeah, what? yeah like i mean I, I, you must have 
you know, I'm being there and seeing it. And, and is it, do you feel like you've already been lapped by the field or do you feel like you're, you're still within that, that leading pack of, of horses? No, I'm, I'm still holding on. Um, I'm, you know, for, for a little bit longer, at least, uh, I, I think, I think I'm still, I think I'm still with the pack. I don't think I've been lapped yet. Um, but there's, you know, uh, there's, there's definitely no way you can say Matt Rogers is the best player in the world anymore. You know, that there, there, there is, there is a lot of people out at the front now. Um, there's, I'm, I've surrounded myself by a bunch of really incredible players as well. And I guess that, that goes to the second part of that question where, uh, where he asked, are there any players that you look up to? Well, I've, I've literally built a team around the pit that uh, around, you know, the closest people to me that I do look up to, um, you know, that, there is some incredible talent in, in Tarek Patel and Nick Butcher and, and, and Rob uh, and uh, and in a lot of these players on the top level. So I've tried to surround myself with the players that I look up to the most. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, I think that there's, I mean, you know, Michael Hamilton, what what he's done, uh, you know, even the, the Arsenal pass guys, Hayden, what, what he's accomplishing and how he's playing the game and stuff like that. It's, it's all just, it's all just incredible, to be honest. It's all just really, really cool to watch, really cool to be a part of and it's just really fun to be you know in in the race with these guys <laughs> i love it uh this one coming from jim at fab tcg cards asking what future class are you most looking forward to and what would you like to see as their mechanic so i suppose you know james has already told us that the next set is called dynasty there's going to be a new class yeah. altogether uh i don't know what ins you have in terms of just kind of talking about it and you know i don't want as somebody who has lived under the over, over, you know, overlording shadow of an NDA for many different games, I know that it's <laughs> it's dangerous to say too much. But what would be a class that you'd want to see, and what would you like their mechanic to be? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely don't have any ins. I don't know anything about any classes uh, or anything like that. The the first I find out is if uh, Fab with Matt gets a gets a spoiler card, um, and um, yeah, uh, we we haven't had one yet. I don't think that season has started. They haven't been given out yet. So um, uh, yeah, I think I would really like to see like an alchemist class. I think that that is something that could be like like an alchemist hero i think that that's something that could be may, maybe the closest thing i can think of to dash um i really really enjoyed playing dash and the kind of game plan and mechanics of like kind of building building things up and assembling and stuff and i think that uh an alchemist class might be able to do some really cool stuff there um but yeah i mean it, it'll be interesting to see what happens but yeah i'm i'm uh, i'm definitely keen for something that is a little bit more uh you know not just playing a card and blocking with a card each turn or whatever something that that has a bit more of a long game aspect and and is kind of yeah building towards or doing you know converting or doing some some uh, really interesting stuff in a game so as an alchemist i guess one of the mechanics that it could use there's so many potions and and items yeah. and stuff so i guess suppose that's a a nice little way to interact with those cards right yeah exactly yeah awesome all right, next up, this is from Capolo, a.k.a. Andrea Biaggi, asking, uh, what is the worst condition a card got sent to be graded by PCG? I don't know if you know this or if you've heard through the grapevine some rumors or some chuckles of being like, somebody wanted this graded? Really? Like, what's the worst you've seen? I have not seen a one or a two yet. 
Um, you know, obviously, I don't I don't see all the cards that come through PCG. There's four offices worldwide, but that is what the pot report's for. So the the pot report, uh, which should be going live very shortly, um, I think I think we're likely to have it up live next week. Um, that that uh, should have you know people are going to be able to delve through and look at what the the worst condition cards are. So um, yeah, I mean personally, the the lowest condition card I've seen is a five. Um, uh, you know. A, a kind of beat up uh, base set Charizard, uh, which still still looks really nice, and is um, you know obviously somebody had it as a kid or whatever and played with it. You know that 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 card's been loved, um, and uh, yeah, so kind of comes with, with with that. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see if somebody can find us like a, a one. I think a couple of people have. Uh, so there was, I think, a four-centering, a card with a four-centering submitted. Uh, the rest of the card was really nice, but the centering was way off. So I think people are trying to to find these, like, horribly centered cards and maybe uh, maybe even scuff them up a little bit as well on the edges and corners and such uh, to try to get these low grades. So it'll be really cool to see if something can come through, like, super low. It's just funny how people just eventually migrate to, okay, what is the worst we can possibly do? <laughs> like, there's yeah. got to be some some group of people out there with a competition of saying okay whoever can get the most nines with the lowest uh with the lowest center grading you know like if we can get like whoever has the lowest center grade but the most nines across the board nine pluses across the board wins like a contest like that would be hilarious but that's just me uh i i'm a psycho when it comes to <laughs> this kind of stuff um next one uh, this one's from Greg at Darth Prentice asking, with recent acquisitions of major TCG companies, how does Matt foresee this impacting his business and the TCG communities in general? So uh, you talked a little bit about what the TCG player acquisition of Channel Fireball means to PCG and you specifically, which in reality, it it actually was an opportunity and it, it opened, it closed some doors, but it opened others. But in terms of just impacting the TCG community in general, do these kinds of acquisitions, how do they... How do they affect the community? Yeah, well, I think I think there's lots of positive and negative effects to it. Um, I can see a lot of positives coming out of TCG Player. They are an incredible company um, that have have achieved, uh, you know, yeah, so, some some pretty big feats. So, you know, they're, they're obviously they're obviously. Uh, yeah just talented and dedicated and i think that they're going to be able to take hopefully the content side of what uh, came from channel fireball to to a new level um i think that there's going to be you know much uh, some improvements maybe to automation and technology in terms of binder pos and stuff for the stores uh, which is just good for everybody I think if it's good for the industry if it lifts our industry uh, to a new level uh, that then I think that that's hugely positive um, I think there's always negatives uh, involved in large company acquisitions especially for a, you know a kind of small tight-knit community uh, in this industry I think that um, you know, bigger companies taking bigger slices of things kind of makes it harder for the smaller guys like 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 me and other small businesses to kind of compete and come in and innovate. Um, but yeah, overall, I think this this acquisition specifically, overall, my um, my view is that it's very positive for the community. Love it. Uh, two more. Uh, this one's from Vera Vera uh, or at Vera Veda. Asking at the end of the pro tour, you Matt mentioned that Lexi's about to be really good. When can we expect a Lexi two oh one course? 
Yeah, I do think Lexi is very good at the moment. Uh, in one of my road to Nats, uh, I, play, I played against a guy that was undefeated with Lexi. I think he was 5-0. Um, and uh, I do, and, uh, you know, that, that, that deck is scary. That deck is very, very scary in what it can do. I do think Lexi is in a, in a pretty good place at the moment. Um, it's not a deck I've been focusing a lot of time on, so I don't think I'm the right person uh, just, just yet to do an article, but I think my teammates are. I do think that that, uh, you know, Team Dragon Shield are going to have a good Lexi deck testing for this Pro Tour. Um, and I think that that is absolutely some content that we can make on uh, on Fab School and that we can give on Fab School. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's some content that I can uh, provide a little bit of insight, but probably not something that I should leave, given that I'm, foc- you know, I, I have limited time on Fab and I'm focusing more on Oldham and Draft and stuff and to kind of be the Team Oldham for people to, uh, 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 for my teammates to crash into or whatever and then um but yeah i think i think they're coming up with some good lists and i think that there's going to be some really really cool uh you know deck guide uh stuff that will come out for lexi and for all of the heroes on fab school sounds good uh last one from john valley's asking since you've been in since the beginning what piece of advice would you give lss about maintaining hype for the game this could be gameplay communication more products etc yeah, I think I think I think they're getting the products around about right. Um, you know, uh, kind of you know two main sets, maybe two supplemental sets, sort of thing a year, a couple of draft sets a year. I think is is, is around about right. The communication is the biggest thing. I think that um, you know. Ha- ha- allowing giving people more lead time for events uh you know starting that hype earlier allowing people to apply for time off to sort their travel and everything like that without it being a stress you know stressful or without them having to debate with their partner about the cost of flight tickets now and 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 all the rest of it will you know really really smoothen things out the best piece of advice i could give lss is just uh to to kind of get a bit better on the communication side of things uh specifically for events uh, and get the the information out there to their fans earlier. Other than that, I think they're whacking the ball out of the park. Honestly, I think LSS are doing amazing things. I think the products are great. I think the balancing, you know, uh, has has stepped up a lot. Um, and I uh, I think yeah, their marketing as a whole. I think uh, yeah, I just think they're doing a really really good job. And I'm I'm so I'm so proud to be um, you know a part of it in any way. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, again, it's it's. It's hard to criticize when everything's just kind of feeling honky dory. Uh, but uh, yeah. you know they are going to stumble. It's going <clears> to <throat> happen. They have stumbled in the past. It's going to happen again. But uh, at the moment, it's just the we we're all having fun. So uh, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of where we're at. And uh, ultimately, Matt, I do appreciate you being on the show again. A two timer, potentially, maybe in the future, our first three time guest. Which oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to beat Hayden. I got to compete for this, right? Well, it's a uh, it's a highly coveted title. I mean, it sounds it. Let's be real. Now that there's no more gold, you know, full art tunics, uh, being being <laughs> the first, the next best thing. well, being the first three time guest on Instant Speed. I mean, that's got to be up there. Like the people are pining for that. So uh, maybe that that'll be the uh, a prize that we can put up for auction. Which means that they that whoever wins has to be on two other times prior. That <laughs> doesn't make sense. Yeah. But Matt, um, you you gave us a whole lot of information. Clearly, you've got a lot going on. If you can just kind of summarize where people can, you know, uh, get more Matt Rogers, get in touch with you if they have to or if they want to sort of discover a little bit more about all the uh, all the cookie jars that your greasy little hands are in. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the easiest way to get in touch with me is on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on the fan page. I'm on the, um, you know, groups on there. You can reach out to me. You can message me. Um, uh, I'll try to reply. Uh, uh, you know, I generally try to reply to everybody. Um, my my message request box kind of can get full sometimes and I can be pretty busy, but I'm not on Twitter that much. Uh, I sort of log in maybe once a week to, to kind of kind of check on things uh and i'm not on discord uh really ever so facebook is the easiest way to get a hold of me i can't you know i'm uh i i just don't really have the capacity to be on all of the social media platforms and all of that sort of stuff um i just got so much going on so um i try to stick primarily to facebook well i'm just saying you know elon musk is running multiple major companies and yeah. he manages to make it <laughs> make an ass of himself on social media so <laughs> uh, like no excuses, Matt. You got to go out there and yeah. and you know just jump in. But uh, it, it, like I said, it's you are an immensely busy person doing a lot of great things, and I do thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much for inviting me on. I mean, what 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 you do here with this content is incredible for the community. Um, I think you know most of us watch every video, and we and uh, you know really do look forward uh, uh, to the videos coming out. So thanks so much for what you know what what you give what you give us all. To be honest. <laughs> well, thank you. You have you have earned your appearance fee. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, friends, thank you so much for listening to the Instant Speed Podcast. We will be back next week. But don't forget, you're not losing. If you're learning, so keep playing the game. We'll catch you next time on ISP. Bye bye. Well, I